It's Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. We had a lot to cover from last night's racing, so let's just jump right into it. When I was putting together yesterday's show, I wondered to myself if we might see Larson at Lawrenceburg last night with the World of Outlaws, but I couldn't get a confirmation either way. I certainly thought it was possible given his past successes there, which I did mention on the show yesterday as well. But obviously after winning NASCAR's longest race on Sunday night, there was a very good reason why he maybe wouldn't attend. But his car started to unload yesterday at the Berg. There was the Silva 57 being rolled out from the trailer. And just about 24 hours after the Coke 600 went green at Charlotte, at Charlotte, Larson was back behind the wheel for hot laps. The main topic of Friday's show was Larson's incredible week up to that point. And it's both crazy and not so crazy that just three days later, we're talking about two more wins for Young Money. Last night, he started second, took the lead from pole setter Aaron Reitzel on lap 11, and held off Logan Schuhart in the closing stages, picking up his first Word of Outlaws win and third sprint car win of 2021. So in the span of nine days, Larson finished second on the road course at Coda in the cup car in the rain, third at Tri-City in a dirt late model, won a 410 show at Atomic, won the Coke 600 back in the cup car, and won the World of Outlaws race at Lawrenceburg. I'm legitimately running out of words and ways to describe what this guy is doing. His 2020 season on dirt was something for the ages, and a season dirt fans will be talking about for a long time. But what we've seen so far in 2021 might be even more impressive. Last year, he didn't have the weight of a full NASCAR campaign on his shoulders. He could just focus on dirt racing. But this season, especially with what he's done already, Larson is a legit championship contender in the Cup Series. And incredibly, it hasn't slowed him down a bit on the dirt. Larson is the modern-day AJ Foyt or Mario Andretti, jumping from car to car and surface to surface literally at will. There's no get-comfortable time when he straps in. He just gets in and goes, and it's magical to watch. The Flow Racing late models were supposed to be at Florence tomorrow, but have been rained out as of this morning. It's very possible that Larson would have been in attendance there and could have added a late model win to this insane recent run. And when the Double Dreams happen next week at Eldora, Larson will no doubt be one of the favorites to pocket some big cash there. Under what circumstances can a driver show up to a NASCAR Cup race, a dirt late model race, and a World of Outlaws sprint car race all in the same week and be the guy to beat at all of them? It's almost beyond reason. As for the Outlaws, the big story of the night outside of Kyle Larson was probably Brad Sweet salvaging the race. He wrecked big right at the start of the first heat race and was forced to a backup car. There was no B-Main last night, but Sweet did start at the tail of the field for the feature. He grabbed Hard Charger, advancing 17 positions to finish 7th. A 12th place result after a late flat tire for David Gravel and a 9th place run for Carson Macedo actually allowed Sweet to grow his points lead over both drivers even with the issues. Gravel's now 66 points back and Macedo 90. Nights like that, uh, like we saw last night, are how you win championships, which Sweet knows better than most. Logan Schuhart was good again, finishing second to Larson, while Buddy Kofoid had a nice top five in the Speed Lab 39. And shout out to Australian driver Lachlan McHugh for getting a top 10 finish in his first ever Outlaw appearance. The series is back Friday at River City, uh, River Cities, and Saturday at Granite City. Even though they lost the weekend terrain, the All-Stars did get to race for $29,000 at Port Royal last night for the Bob Weikert Memorial. The event was pushed to yesterday because of that rain, but after the wait, we were treated to a really fun feature. 
We saw three lead changes amongst three drivers with Lance DeWeese eventually coming out on top. He took over from early leader Hunter Schoenberg on lap seven, fought off challenges from Anthony Macri past halfway, and led the final 10 laps en route to the 29 grand and the Bullhead Trophy. Logan Wagner, Tyler Courtney, Danny Dietrich, and Mike Wagner were the rest of the top five finishers. Two drivers who I think had a real shot at the win last night were both victims of the outside wall. Early in the going, Brent Marks had a slider attempt on Hunter Schoenberg, not stick, and he hit the wall in between one and two. The damage from the hit knocked him from the race. It was a shame because he looked really fast early on. And later, Anthony Macri had his night end when he hit the wall in turns three and four inside 10 to go, shearing off the right rear tire and sending him spinning out of contention. He was running second at the time and trying to track down leader DeWeese. This is really what Port Royal has become in recent seasons. Drivers can find speed on that top side, but the cushion is basically the guardrail. And if you miss it just a little bit, the consequences can be big, as we saw last night. It's a razor-thin line between really good speed and utter disaster. Even before he was taken out, Macri had made contact with the wall several times through the race, as had others. The win was DeWeese's 42nd career All-Star Triumph and 13th at Port Royal, and he did it on crew chief Davey Brown's 87th birthday. That's pretty cool. As for the All-Star regulars, points leader Tyler Courtney led the way in 3rd, with Schoenberg in 6th, Corey Elias in 9th, and Ian Madsen in 10th. A 17th place finish for Justin Peck saw him falling out to now 74 points behind Courtney in the standings. Madsen is 3rd, Schoenberg 4th, and Zeb Wise 5th. Courtney stayed hot with his 8th straight top 8 finish and 7th podium finish in his previous 8 starts. And Schoenberg continues to be fast, picking up his 8th top, uh, top 8 finish in his past 9 starts. This recent run for Courtney has really cemented his place atop the series right now, and things don't let up for the All-Stars coming up. They're back on Thursday to kick off another four-race weekend with Fairbury, Wilmot, Plymouth, and Angel Park hosting the series through Sunday. Really have to be honest here, I've been really impressed with Courtney, especially lately. He's obviously a talented driver, but I didn't expect him to find speed with the wing car so quickly. This all-star fight was wide open coming into 2021 with Aaron Reitzel leaving, and Courtney has come in and asserted himself over a really strong group of drivers. I really thought this was uh, Corey Eliasson's chance to take a big step forward in his career, but he's really been a non-factor this season through 19 races. His best finish is a third at Joliet, and his average feature finish is down more than three spots from 2020. He currently finds himself mired back in sixth in the standings, 156 points behind Courtney. And with other guys improving quickly, it'll be very difficult for Eliasson to climb out of this hole. I'll have more on the All-Star Weekend on Thursday. For late model fans, the Spring Nationals were at 411 Motor Speedway last night for 10K to win, and fans retreated to a strong field and some good racing. Randy Weaver led early from the pole, but near halfway, third starting Jimmy Owens worked his way past the 85 and held on over the final half of the feature to grab the win. Weaver, Ashton Winger, Dale McDowell, and Mike Marler completed the top five. Other notables included Ricky Weiss finishing seventh, Hudson O'Neill 10th off that Show Me 100 victory, Corey Hedgecock was 12th, and Tyler Erb was 20th. The top five result for McDowell was good enough to see him clinch the 2021 Spring Nationals Championship, and he took down an additional $10,000 for winning that title. Spring Nationals winners this season included Owens twice, Tyler Millwood, Randy Weaver, Tanner English, McDowell, David Payne, Brandon Overton, and Jonathan Davenport. 
With that series concluded for the year, we now look to the Southern Nationals with that schedule kicking off July 16th at Beckley Motorsports Park in West Virginia. For more information, visit southernnationalsseries.com. In New York last night, the Super Dirt Car Series was at Lebanon Valley for the 13,500 to win Mr. Dirt Track. That was another Super Dirt Week qualifier event. Kevin Root sat on the pole, but outside front row starter Stuart Friesen was quickly to the lead at the start of the 100 lapper. Behind the leaders, 10th starting Matt Shepard was on the move, and he methodically picked his way towards the lead. He got by second place running Matt Williamson inside 40 to go and was after Friesen for the lead not too long after that. Later, he shipped by the uh, sh shipped slipped by the Helmar 44 on the bottom, and that was all she wrote. Shepard drove away over the final laps, survived the fog that descended on the track. That's right, the fog, and picked up his first Super Dirt Car Series win of 2021. Friesen ended up losing the engine in his race car late and wound up 18th. Matt Williamson, Mark Johnson, Chris Heil, and Brett Haas completed the top five. Eric Rudolph had a nice 21st to 6th run to earn the Knights Hard Charger Award. Through this early part of the season, Friesen, Demetrius Drellos, Tim Fuller, and Shepard have all locked themselves into the 200 at Super Dirt Week now. Leaving the night, Friesen maintains the points lead over Shepard. The big blocks of the Super Dirt Car Series go quiet now until June 22nd at Albany, Saratoga. Houston Speedway had another good field of 410 sprint cars last night as they ran the second of two weekend NOSA shows in South Dakota. Both Carson, yeah, Carson and Austin Marcaro were in attendance, as was Geo Selzy, Tim Kading, Matt Jewell, Parker Price Miller, and others. In the night's feature, Justin Henderson led much of the going, but following a late restart, Parker Price Miller rolled the bottom. He snuck up past Henderson, who was on the top side. PPM led the final nine laps to get his first sprint car win of 2021, with Kading finishing second, Henderson slipping to third, Brooke Tattnall fourth, and Geo Selzy rounding out that top five. PPM had a rough go of it earlier in the season trying to run the full outlaw schedule with his own team. He's since dropped off the tour and joined up with Guy Forbrook. We've seen him at some of these Midwest shows in recent weeks. It was a nice win over a stout field of 410s. Tad Pospisil won the night's Tri-State late model feature. And while the All-Stars were at Port Royal last night, not far away was the Hank Gensler Memorial over at Lincoln Speedway. Those guys were racing for $5,000 to win. Freddie Raymer started third, took the lead from Ryan Smith only a few laps into that feature. He then went unchallenged the rest of the way to grab the win over Smith, Chad Trout, Brandon Raymer, and Tyler Ross. That race was supposed to have been run on Saturday night, what was pushed back due to rain. It sucks that it had to run up against a big event like the Wiker at Port, but you certainly understand the circumstances. I believe with the win, Raymer should take over the track points lead from Alan Crimes. There are two items on the streaming schedule for today, Flow Racing 24-7 and the Short Track Super Series live from Penn Can Speedway. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Later today, I'm going to drop the next episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations. I thought it would be fun to do an open red reunion now that both me and Ross have moved on from World Racing Group. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't know who Ross is, Ross Weiss used to do video work for World Racing Group and the Outlaws, and me and him co-hosted the Open Red podcast from 2016 to 2020, recording 190 episodes along the way with a who's who of sprint car racing, including every World of Outlaws champion in the series' 40-plus year history. I jumped on with him late last week, and we talked about his new role with Stuart Haas Racing, transitioning to the NASCAR world. We also talked a lot about Open Red, uh, his take on what's happened across dirt racing so far in 2021, and a lot more. You can find that episode in the podcast feed and the Dirt Tracker YouTube channel. 
That's it for the show today. Hope everybody has a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. You can find Dirt Tracker Daily where you get podcasts plus YouTube and Facebook. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe and leave a review. You can follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dirt Tracker. And you can check out the website for all kinds of cool dirt racing stuff by visiting dirttracker.com. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Oh,